welcome to the Crush the Cargle podcast. The voice of trail running. <laughs> and who was that, Andrew? Just singing, just singing. Oh, that was the St. Lunes Rock and Roll Club with Live Fast, Die Slow. Well, that's a very appropriate song for today's theme. <laughs> Always. Would you like a beer? Um, yeah, I would like a beer. Okay, you paying? Just, yep, I'm paying. I'm pouring. Well, it's, it's, it's the least you could do, really. It's not often I, I invite you into my house. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Well, so, actually, no, it's more you invited yourself into into my house. It's more the other, yeah. It's true, you've, too. You've pretty much just forced your way into my house. There are multiple truths here. And now you're getting me drunk. Yep, lots of truths there. It's kind of like a multiple truth universe. Mm. It's like yes. parallel universes with mm. parallel truths. Now, I, I just had a sip of this beer, and it had a, quite an unusual taste when it hit my, my taste buds there. What's going on? What's it got in there? This beer is a special brewer's reserve by Emerson's, mm. and they have brewed it. It's called Into the Valley, and they've brewed it in celebration or to support uh, um, Glenn Sutton. Oh. So the weirdness is the fact that he's going to do bad water for the third time. Yeah, wow. That's why it's called Into the Valley, because it's like Into Death yeah, Valley. Yeah, but how, how many people, you know, do bad water three times? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, well, here's no. a question for our listeners. Yeah, true. Well, yeah. Actually, I mean, really, we should be talking to Glenn about that. We should. Well, yeah. yep, so shall we interview Glenn sometime? Yeah, well, I could try and get in touch with him now. If you want. What's That's the chances? Yep, we could try that, yep. So, right, anyway. so we'll just carry on talking. I'll try and, um, <laughs> so this so. beer is a pomegranate sour, apparently, whatever that means. So that's the weird taste. Was it the pomegranate or the sour or the Death Valley? Uh, it's got a bit of a death taste. No, it's that pomegranate taste. A so, soury pomegranate. It's quite drinkable though, isn't it? It is drinkable. Well, they, it know is. How to, they, they know how to make a good beer, Old Emerson's. It's only 2.7%, so we can drink all of that and then another one. Oh, I see that I had a missed call from you. Yeah, that's because you weren't home when I invited myself to your place. But that's okay. So, anyway, here we are. We've made it. We've made it. Episode uh, 5, I believe. And um, there's been all sorts of exciting things happen in the world of podcasting since we last talked, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. For one thing, did you know we have five listeners in um, Slovakia? I I actually did not know that. Um, yep, we do. So I thought, just to be um, fair, we should actually think about uh, how to say hello to our Slovakian um, listeners. Alright, um, well, I mean, they obviously know English, so we could start with that. So, hello, hello, you guys in Slovakia. Uh, that wasn't what I meant to do. Never mind. That sounded familiar, though. It did. Yep. Yep. Um, so. That's the reply from the people in Slovakia. Hold on, I'll just do that again. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Here you we ready? Go. Listen to this. Oops. Pretty good, eh? That's, wow. That's Slovakian, so I've been practising. Wow, you sound quite feminine. Yep. That's, yeah. Google Translate did that for me, and what it oh. says is, I know you are hiding your IP address. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. 
Right, anyway, so, so what do we need to talk about this week? <coughs> well, we have the book. Of course. Two we copies. The book. We've actually got two copies of the book here. Yep. Um, and and we figured, well, we only need one copy, so we might give the other one away. Yep. Um, well, we've got a hardback copy here, which is pretty awesome. And and it, and it will be signed by James Fix himself. Yep. It, so, it will have a genuine signature from him in the, um, in the front cover. Oh, written by you. Or me. No, no. If you, if you say that loud, they get, we're recording, remember? Oh, shit, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah, a genuine um, James Fix signature. Um, I, I I was really quite intrigued. I mean, what well, did we get to last time? Well, we, we're still in the forward. I mean, should we just skip to the first the introduction? Because it goes forward introduction, chapter one, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But I, I, I still, I, I don't know. We've like, does got... anyone read the forward? What's in well, the forward? The forward was interesting. Look, it told us it told us that heart attack victims who, with their doctor's blessing, not only compete in twenty six mile races, but feel better than they did before their attacks. It's one of the phenomena about running. Well, and th- that you feel better afterwards. Yeah. Well, right. if you run compared to if you don't run. Mm. But one of the other ones was running as 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 an enhancer of sexual pleasure. And that right. just got me intrigued. I'm getting well, interested. Sort of forward. Is that sexual pleasure whilst running, or is I it sort of a carryover? Was that how we got on to talking about briefs versus boxes last time, or what? No. Oh, Never mind. Did we even talk? Hey, yeah. but I tell you what. You know, the day after that, I got this email from um, uh, after UTA. I did mm-hmm. a uh, competition to guess my time. Yeah. And I won the competition. Yeah, you weren't too far off, were you? I was only a minute off. Oh, okay. Not so bad. And I, so... I actually did faster than I thought by one minute. Right. Oh, very I, good. I was yep. obviously feeling fairly ambitious when I set that time. So I have won a pair of Aerodex. Oh, nice. Running briefs. Wow. Yep. They sound quite... Um, Eerie? Well, Aerodex, like, does yeah. it have wings or something? Sounds like I a plane. Know. I don't know. I haven't got them yet, but they're on the way. Yeah. So when I've had that, had a trial, yeah. I can maybe there's some sort of ventilation, sort of special ventilation, yeah. special yeah. kind of yep, um, yeah, yeah. sewn the right way and carrying things. Oh, the right oh, way. great, fantastic. Maybe anti-chafing or something like that. Right, maybe they've got gurney goo built into them or something. Well, actually, wouldn't that be good if it sort of secreted some sort of ooze or fluid, mate? Oh. Actually, if you if you if you got like a big tub, if you got like a big tub, like say an ice cream container or or something of granny goo, and then you got your um, underwear and just squeezed it into that container, just like pushed it right in, just you know to get the you know just the all through the fibers, you know, so it just slowly sinks in through and becomes one with the granny goo, and then you could you know and and then pull it out and wear that. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, Aerodex? I don't know, but yeah, that that does sound interesting. There's got to be better technology for running underwear, though. Yeah, so well, it's good to see that someone is focusing on building good, you know, because we've put so, so much energy into shoes, socks. We know about socks. What about like crotchless running shorts? I don't really know what to say about that. <laughs> I think the lipstick's coming out. <laughs> oh, no. 
I really shouldn't have thought so hard about that. Oh, well, it's like your mind and his mind are linked. So whenever you start having perverted thoughts... Like, I wasn't having a perverted hey, thought. I was just thinking, what? <laughs> uh, it sounds like Archie was doing the thinking for you. Yeah. Anyway, shall we um, well, he likes have, the idea a, look of running have shorts. a look at the book, eh? All right. Oh, we're just going to get straight okay. into the book, are we? Yep. Well, I mean, there's not much else to do, and um, uh, yeah. Well, yep. we're still waiting on Glenn Sutton. Are we? Okay. Oh, here we go. I've got a message from him. Yep. What's he say? He says, "Um, so I, I messaged Glenn and said, hi, Glenn. Keen to be interviewed on the Crush Chicago podcast, and um, so he's just got back and he has said no. Yeah, because he's a bit shy. Ah. Oh. Yeah." He's a man of few words. He is. But how about we interview um, Bruce Adams, because he's kind of his, his media representative. All yeah, right. He's done, he's done All right. a lot of okay. work in, well, in helping Glenn and, and running the team. So, right. um, yep. Right, well, she'll get on with the reading then. Okay, let's get on with the reading. Oh, Hold on, what's that? We'll just put that down. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So I just thought I'd try cold calling someone to see what happens, but um, he's probably not home. I thought he's always on his um, social media. Not when he's at work. Or maybe is he working? Work. Yeah, no, we'll leave that one. Okay, anyway. No, 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 you could ring him. It's his birthday. I know. He's not going to be working on his birthday. Yep. Well, he's not answering, so... No, I suspect he's not there. We'll have to... We'll have to what about him. a video call? It's not going to make much difference if he's not there. I know, but if he was there... Yeah, that'd be nice, then we can look at him. But it's a podcast, so you don't get to look at him. Yeah, but you'd hear him. That's true. You'd hear him and see him. But the people listening to us wouldn't see him. No, they wouldn't. Unless they were... But we could put a picture on the website. Yeah. So they could see him then. Have you got his phone number? No, just his Facebook. I think I've got his phone number. He rang me once and... And I remember, when when was it like, that was, was it Northburn last year? Or well, maybe. I think he called me, and I was like, and I just thought, how does Dwight have my phone number? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, we could text him, you could text oh, him. Oh, we just gave away who we're calling. Who? Dwight? Yeah. Oops, we did too. Oh well. Right. Never mind. Anyway, happy birthday, Dwight. Happy uh, birthday, yeah. Dwight. Uh, how, how old is he? he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, 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 he probably looks younger than he actually is. He's probably... Uh, he is a... Mar- oh, he, he's, he's... He'll be in his... He has aged well. Yeah, I'd say he wouldn't be 50 yet. No, not for surely. <laughs> Early 40s? 40-ish? Well, how fast did he run Kepler? Him? He did a him, yes, five him. and a half hours, I think. Five. Oh, okay. Well, can you do that if you're fifty? Uh, well, not if I'm running it, because I can't. Yeah. Okay. Well, because then I won't be able to win it. So I hope not. I hope he's ages tall. He's fifty. Right. Anyway. Um, okay. Well, carry on <coughs> with the Ford. So, like, I guess if you're, if you're reading the Ford, the book actually hasn't started as such, has it? No, but it's a good introduction. So the but book's going to talk a... about how some of those phenomena happened. Why don't you just Instead of having a Ford, why don't you have a... Just a chapter. A, chapter longer, intru- a longer introduction. What Do you want me to start? Yeah. In the chapter. Chapter one. Is that what you want me to do? No, well, I've already started reading, so oh, I might as well okay. carry on okay, from Okay, carrying on. Yeah. Okay, one day, almost a decade ago, I was playing tennis with a friend named Walter Guzzardi. Oh, I do have his phone number. 
Oh, you're not paying attention. No, I am. Oh, okay. Well, right, you have his phone number. You should text him. I will. Carry on. Um, so I was playing tennis with a friend named Walter Gazzardi. He and I were evenly matched, and we always played hard. I was in my mid-thirties and worked on a big magazine in Manhattan. One of my more pleasant duties was to entertain authors at lunches and dinners. And what with too many martinis and too little exercise, my weight... They're drinking martinis at lunchtime. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder he was unfit. Was he unfit? Well, uh, yeah, and he says too little exercise, my weight had climbed. I better better run off these martinis. (laughs) From the 170 pounds that had been during my teens to... uh, Beefy, 213 pounds. Was he drinking martinis in his teens? Well, no, he was 170 pounds in his teens, and yeah, he got up to a beefy 213 pounds. What's that in kgs? Uh, good question. So you need to quickly Google uh, 170 pound in kg. So uh, 170 pound... It's uh, 77 kilograms. Oh, but he went up to 213 pounds. Right, um, he went up to 96 kilograms. Cool. All right, keep talking. I'm going to put more wood on the fire. <coughs> good, good, because it's getting warm enough now. Yeah, well, that's because we had the heat pump on as well. Yep, true. So um, he's got he's got on he's put on a lot of weight. He's 96 kilograms. Anyway, this figure is absolutely precise. I still have in my files a sobering report dated November 25th, 1968 from a medical institution I visited for a physical. Okay. Do we call them physicals here? We call them medical exams. Right. So we're medical, I don't know, we call it medical checkups. But you could say he's... Let's get physical is means something slightly different. <clears throat> anyway. I've, d- I've just been stoking the fire. Nice. Uh, nonetheless, by virtue of ancient reflexes and guile, I still played a respectable, if roly poly, game of tennis. Moreover, I confess it, I prided myself on my game. That is why I was so irritated when, as Guzardi and I played that day, I felt a ripping sensation in my right calf. Well, I'm glad it wasn't somewhere else. But um, Well, we would have had to comment about his lack of sports design yeah. underwear. No, I mean, now tennis, that's like, um, I used to think I was all right at tennis, and I, I went along to a club, well, I know, when I was a kid anyway, like maybe at intermediate age. Or maybe I started high school, I might have been high school age, but I got beaten by a kid that went to primary school, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, he was like, um, like kind of like a Michael Chang kind of. You remember Michael Chang? The, the yeah, and, um, he kind of is like a version of him. Like Bjorn Borg, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like yeah. a young tennis prodigy or whatever. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah. I, I have broken a racket playing tennis. I like, used to play tennis. Yeah, a I get a bit. Of, I've got a bit of that McEnroe sort of. Oh really? That, yeah. Oh, you didn't break it just trying to hit the ball hard. You actually smashed it on the ground. Possibly. In a bad temper. Yeah. Well, the you, ball was out. Yeah. Well, you 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 were too if you were playing. Got beaten by a. Dumbbell. Yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't. Right. Well, anyway. Because I'd be the ice man. No, no, no. Yeah. You know, you just. Distract- Did you see that movie, Borg versus McEnroe? Uh, was it a year or two ago? No. Oh, it was quite interesting because. 
Because, like, um, Borg was known as the Iceman and McEnroe was a, you know, hot-headed one. Mm. But actually, Bjorn Borg, when he was growing up and, and training and stuff, he was really hot-headed. Was he, he now? And he had that trained out of him, yeah. Oh, wow. But it kind of seemed like... So it they really made him boring. Him too. Yeah, they made him boring, and it kind of screwed him up as well. And he never knew really... Because he was, like, one of the first big superstars, he, he didn't really know how to handle it. So right, okay. Yeah, it was a fascinating movie. Yeah, sounds it. Yep. Right. Cool. On with the book? Oh, yeah. The, well, no, I was going to say I played a game of tennis in summer. But I was in, in, it was winter because I was in Europe. Right, so how did it work summer. out for you? Yeah, winter. Um, it was doubles, and I played with my, my cousin's husband and their two kids. And uh, one of the kids went on my side, and he said, I want to go on the New Zealand side because New Zealand always wins. And I thought, you don't know much about tennis. But, um, yeah. Well, what have, have we had we, tennis we winners? Did win. We did win. Um Depends who they're playing. Who was the last good New Zealand tennis player you can name? That was quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on with the book? Yep, on with the book. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, uh, I had been running towards the left side of the court and Gazzardi, in order to catch me off balance, had hit the ball to the right. His strategy worked. I tried to change direction too fast in the effort. The muscle. Yeah. It's a calf muscle. He's torn his calf muscle. Right. Don't you hate that? The injury was not serious. And even it's though. It's a torn it, muscle. Probably wasn't that torn. It's just pulled. Do you reckon he's just talking it up a bit? Yeah, I reckon he is. It's for the sake yeah. of the book. He's got to sell a book. I mean, we'd never do that. With well, crush, if he's going to say, why don't he say something? Oh, I was a landmine victim. Or I overcome childhood leprosy. Or, you know, like. Okay. No, it, no, that's the next, next line. Oh, okay. Okay. I was also a lane line victim and overcame childhood leprosy, but the injury was not serious. Wow. <laughs> okay, it doesn't really say. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I limped painfully for a week or two, the leg soon healed. What lingered longer than the pain was a way. Okay, I... as a medical, um, <laughs> yep. I mean, like for those that don't know, Steve, um, um, he he actually teaches doctors. Uh, so he's quite knowledgeable when it comes to medicine. Um, <laughs> so from a medical point of view, how long would, a, say, a torn calf muscle take to heal? Well, it depends how badly it's torn. It's a bit like, you know, you tear your puff. Well, when I, think, when I think a tear, I mean, I think, it, you know, it's been, you know, r- ripped, shredded off the bone or something. Well, no, there are tears and there's tears. Like it, something can be partially ruptured or fully ruptured. Like that's, you know, thinking. thinking well, he was over ligaments. his... It only took him a week to get over his. A couple of weeks. Yeah, so I, yeah, it's a, you call it a pulled muscle if you like. So it's got a degree of tearing in there. Mm. Yep. Okay, do you want to carry on? I thought you wanted me to tell you all about physiology for muscle contraction. Well, we, that, that's a whole other episode. Oh, cool. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> Oh, I love yeah, we, we actually no, we should we should do a medical we should do a medical special. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've got something of a medical knowledge. Yeah. Um, and and as you do. Yeah. Um, I mean, you probably your knowledge is probably a bit more extensive than mine, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, people if people want to start uh, messaging us with any uh, running uh, medical sort of related questions. Yeah, it's um, a great idea. We can do nutrition, we can do yoga, we can do um, yep, the benefits. Anything. We can go as deep as you like. Vitamin D and um, creatinine supplements. <clears throat> um, yeah, all that, yeah. Yep. 
What else could we do? Uh, the importance of uh, alcohol for carb loading. Yeah, yeah, all of it, all of it. Uh, yeah. But but people need to start um, emailing in or messaging us their questions and queries. Yeah. And we can provide the research on the um, benefits of tequila post race yeah. or during the race. Actually, you know, sometimes we, maybe we could get a doctor on the show that um, isn't deregistered. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we did that when we interviewed um, Katie. Katie, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah, yep. Cool, that's right. Anyway, on with the book. Anyway, on with the book. His strategy worked. Oh, we've got the pulled muscle. So my body had betrayed me, and I was angry. I still thought of myself secretly, at least as an athlete. I think he's in his twenties at this stage. Okay. How many people in their twenties think they're invincible? How many people in their twenties hang out drinking martinis for lunch? And go for runs and so on. Two? Mm. Okay. Anyway, someone who all his life had played tennis and Saturday afternoon football shouldn't be laid low in this way. Oh, hang on. I thought he was playing tennis. Uh, I don't know. Has he gone from playing tennis to oh, football? Oh, no, no. He's done done both. So, oh, okay. So someone, he, all his life he played tennis and Saturday afternoon football oh, and right. he shouldn't be laid low in this way because he thought, I'm fit. I may have martinis for lunch, and I've got, you know, put on 20 Oh, okay. Programs. Now, is this guy, what, is he an American? Because uh, what, 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 when he says football, like, when yeah, you think... Yeah, he was an American, yeah. So, is he, is it like, American, like, gridiron? Probably is. What do they call it, gridiron? I don't know. Anyway, um... Carry on. They call it the World uh, Series think, or something silly like that. Carry on, I think the dog needs to go to the toilet. Yeah, once again. He's got to run off a bit of that excitement. Okay, so anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, so I was not prepared to accept my fate. As soon as the pain had eased, I decided to do some running to strengthen my legs. After two weeks. Oh, that's something we should talk about, is uh, core and abdominal workouts, and the importance of doing core workouts to strengthen your core. Yeah. Well, I've started doing jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah, you have. How's your core feeling? Um, oh, I can actually feel it. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, so it's sore. Like, you mean? Oh well, yeah. You can feel a couple of these muscles in there, like your yep. abs or something. Starting, you can stay to do some work. It's yep. good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yep. Anyway, um, and I reckon the jujitsu skills that I'll learn will actually come in handy in trail running. Oh, absolutely, because it'll help your balance, and when you fall over, you'd land better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When you roll down the hills, you'd roll safer. Yeah, yeah, yep. excellent. Yeah, yep. true. Anyway, I decided to do some running to strengthen my legs. Running's a good way to strengthen your legs. Especially if you're a runner. Yeah, anyway. Uh, incidentally, we may as well dispose of a question of definition right away. Although some would argue the point there is no particular speed at which jogging turns into running. Yeah, that's just weird. I mean, some say, I don't run, I jog. And some say, you don't run, you jog. or you don't. But there is a run. difference between weird. running and sprinting. Sprinting is definitely the faster end of the running spectrum. yeah. yeah. And what's this? What's at the bottom end of the walking? Walking, yeah. dawdling, walking, 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 sprinting, walking, jogging. No, walking. you don't have jogging. There's nothing. Yeah, it's jogging's just running, really. Yeah, it's just slow running, but it's still it's running. Recreational running. It's just running, running, s- recreation. Oh, I don't know. But you could just call that a recovery run, couldn't you? You don't call it a jog. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, it's still a jog, but I mean, it d- doesn't mean that it needs to be called a jog. Okay, I reckon you should get on with the book. Oh, okay. Um, 
Uh, anyway, if you feel that you're running, no matter how slow you're going, no one can say you're not. There you go. It's about how you feel. So if I, if I was sitting on a, if I was, well, if I was lying on a couch, yeah, and and I felt I was running, I said, "Look, Steve, I'm running." There you go. And then you'll be like, well, yep. yes, "No one can say you're not." This, yes, you are running over there, lying on the couch. Well, that's right. It's well, a, I, I, I wouldn't because I'd say, well, if you, well, it's you a matter know, of perception. Yeah. 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 Do you know if um do you know much about the multiverse? Have you heard about the multiverse? No, tell me about yeah. it. Oh well it's been you know, alternative dimensions yeah. and you know yeah. so other blah, 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 blah. multiple truths, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well well in 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 one of those dimensions I might very well be running. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Mm. And and, oh, and it's like well, you know, in quantum physics they talk about, you know, your electrons could be anywhere at any particular point of time. It's just, you know, by the law of averages they're probably actually in you. Mm. But there's no no way of measuring whether they are or not. So you mm. could actually be in Spain. Could, you could be the one who's listening to it in Slovakia. Yeah. Or some of your electrons anyway. I, I could be um I could be Jared Campbell. Yeah. So we could interview you. Yeah. Cool. I wonder if Jared Campbell's thinking about us right now. Well that's another question. Does Jared Campbell have consciousness that you are him? Does he have consciousness? Yeah, that's yeah. a good question too. That's a good. That's a good start. If you're going to interview somebody, it's important we cover deep philosophical questions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, yeah. But consciousness, you know, that's right. I mean, we're not exactly going to get a lively interview out of an unconscious person. Well, I don't know. I mean, Archie would give us a live interview. Uh, lively yeah. interview? No, maybe not. Oh, uh, thoughts for another day, I guess. Yeah. 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 Anyway, no one can say you're not. For the purposes of the present discussion, therefore, I'll always refer to running, no matter what the speed. Unless it's walking. Or unless it's lying on the couch, I guess. As it happened, the only running I'd ever done uh, in uh, in army basic training, or was in army basic training. Oh, he was training. in the army? Yeah. Well, hang on. Well, no, so he was he only was... in army basic training. So how old is this guy? Did he go to Vietnam? Uh, he probably did a lot of running there. He was talking about 1968 when he had that medical, so he was. He died in 1984. He might be a Vietnam vet. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Well, that would have made you run a bit. Book was written in 77. Vietnam War was late 6th, well, or Oh, well, maybe that's where he got the landmine injury. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> and polio. <laughs> Is polio quite rife in Vietnam, is it? <laughs> How do you catch polio? Is it? Um... But at least he doesn't have autism. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. St- right, anyway. right, right, well, actually, no. Can we rule that out? I don't, no, I don't know if no, we can we rule can't. that out or not. Yeah, yeah, no, we can't. Anyway, I can still hear the voice of the tall, dyspeptic sergeant. What does that word mean? Dyspeptic. Is, I um having um like indi- uh, indigestion. I think. Oh, it's like a medical condition. I thought so. Dyspepsia was like yeah. I thought so. Right. I'm not sure. The, anyway, is he the incontinence? Sh- <laughs> is it oh guts? Oh no. So it's like a digestive. Yeah, yeah, indigestion. He's got a downstairs yeah, dyspepsia. Uh, yeah. I thought it was the same thing. I don't know what. Yeah, you could Google it, but we yeah get um Joe Rogan's. Right, but anyway, he didn't like the yeah. guy, he didn't like the training. As he shuffled alongside us, I'm puffing. actually, I'm actually willing to um, bet that it's probably... Hut, two, three, four, hut, two, three, four, just as I can still feel the summer sun tormenting me and my fellow recruits as we try to keep up. 
but because army running was all I knew, I laced on a pair of heavy boots, went outdoors and started shuffling slowly along the pavement. That would be quite tough. So instead of right. putting on his jandals or his sandals well, or bare feet yep. or his pieces of shit shoes, mm. he put on his heavy boots. Yeah. I saw no sign that in doing so I had begun to change my life, yet this is exactly what was happening. So actually, at this point of his life, how old is he? Did we, did we just say that? I reckon he's in his 20s. And when did he die again? 20s. So well, how many years he, has he got he left? He died 1984. Right, so he started to change his life. And this is probably about 1960. Well, 68 was when that medical was. So it's just after then. So he's got about 15, 16 years to go at this yeah, point. Yeah, at least it'll be happy years because he's running. Yeah, okay. Good. Well, we don't know that yet. We've only just oh, started. That's a good point, yeah. Anyway, um, it's interesting he talks about life change because I remember once I tried to change my life by starting running. It was when I was 20. How'd that work out? I decided to give up smoking, drugs, alcohol, take up meditation and running. The, the, and, the alcohol thing didn't work out, obviously. Well, no, hold on. It was, it was, it was Monday, Tuesday night. and By Wednesday you were drinking again? Well, no, because on Wednesday morning I got hit by a car and my first run and ended up in hospital. Right. And I think someone brought me some alcohol in hospital and a, a nurse used to smoke with me at night in the ward. Oh, right. Cool. It was a bit weird. Nurse Betty. So I managed about three days. <laughs> <laughs> and one run, which ended up in hospital. Anyway. Um, but your hangover felt like you'd been hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I didn't drink. It was a bad hangover. Yeah, anyway, um, we were all young once, so... Right, I think that dog wants back in. Okay. Yeah, never mind. It just guesses. Anyway, where were we? Um, <clears throat> although my thighs ached and my lungs burned... It sounds like Mills and Boone. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it sounds like my dad wrote a porno. Um, <laughs> Which we should give some kudos to. That's an awesome podcast if anyone wants to look it up. Yeah. It's hilarious. Anyway, um, it didn't... Actually, there's probably probably, um, space there out in the plethora of fiction for erotic trail running fiction. Probably is. Speaking of my dad wrote a porno, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. My dad wrote a trail running porno. Yeah. I'm just trying to wonder how you work that out, really. What sort well, of Mills and Boone, would well, you call that erotic? You, is this where you bring in the sexual excitement because of the underwear and stuff? The running underwear or something? Um, well, I don't actually wear underwear when I'm running. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we carry on with the book? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't help that I smoked two packets of cigarettes a day. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I suppose they, didn't, they weren't they weren't overly taxed back then, were they? No. <laughs> I kept at my running. I very much wanted to avoid another pulled muscle. Hang on, was he smoking two packs of cigarettes and running? Yeah, yeah. He would look like a steam train. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, three or four times a week, I would shuffle half a mile or so. Seldom. Hang on, so. Three times a week. He's only doing one and a half miles a week. 
<laughs> well, he is smoking two packs. Start somewhere. Yeah, but he is, and he is smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> and it doesn't quite work the same as a steam train. Yeah. <laughs> you reverse steam train. <laughs> when the pressures of work became too great, I would stop altogether. But sooner or later, I always drifted back to it. It's pretty good. Eventually, I moved from New York to suburban Connecticut, where running was more pleasant. Oh, so he's living in New York. Mm. Smoking the smog as well as two packets of cigarette. Yep. Uh, anyway, became where's Connecticut? Uh, it's in the suburbs. No, that's suburban Connecticut. I don't right. know. It's in America. Um, th- there were country roads, uh, oh, streams yeah. and rivers, grassy parks and woods. Sounds lovely. I stopped smoking and began to run more. Well, that's ah. a, that's a start. He got out of New York, stopped smoking. And ran. I mean, he's, he's, had quite a, a, he's had quite a bit of a lifestyle sort of um, makeover here. It does. It does. I reckon, from that, my experience, it's easier to give up smoking if you have a lifestyle makeup over at the same time. Um, yeah, what, what do you call it? A sea change. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, mine was weird because I moved to the big smoke. But never mind, it was still a sea change. Sometimes I ran with a young neighbour. Ned oh, how young? Tuthole. Ned Stark. Ned Tuthole, actually. Tuthole, Tuthole, Tuthole. I know that. Oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> oh, I was just eating on top of the microphone if anyone wants to know. Um, <laughs> Who had just been discharged from the Marines. Oh, another one. And was very fit. He ran faster than I really wanted to, but his... Was he smoking two packets a day? Probably not. But his ebullient spirit cheered me on. And if he didn't press too hard, I could usually stay with him. One day, I read in our local newspaper that in two or three weeks, there was to be a five-mile race right in the town where I lived. Well, he's only doing one and a half miles a week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so no, there's no, there's when he's in the city, he's moved to Connecticut now. That's true, that's true, and he's smoking the... Hang on, I'm going to yell at my dog. Okay, get the dog. <sighs> the dog. Archie, come here! Come here! You come here! Anyone could enter, even 35-year-old overweight geriatric cases like myself. He's 35. Oh, now 30. we know. Oh, okay, hang That's on. respectable age to be having a sea change and taking up running. Better than these young bucks who do it for life. Mm. Next day, I got fat in my 30s too. You did? Yeah. I can't imagine you being fat. Well, I got up to 70 kilos, but yeah. So it's 70 ki- <laughs> <laughs> But I'm like nearly actually, 80 now. It's actually 73. I, I, I was down to like mid-60s or 66, 67 yeah. when, I was, when I was running a lot, and now I'm like nearly 80. I've got, a, I've got better, back up to 62 again. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, why am I laughing at your malnutrition? <laughs> Next day, in my naive enthusiasm, I tried running five miles, much further than any reasonably prudent person would have attempted. My pace was... He should talk to Glenn Sutton. Snail-like. <laughs> yeah, especially toward the end. Glenn's not snail-like. No, but, he's, <laughs> but, but five miles. He goes further than any reasonable person. Yeah, um, much yeah. further. Especially toward the end, but somehow I managed to finish. I posted in an entry uh, for the race 
and trained hard. Running every should. morning before work. Uh-oh, seven days a week, no recovery times. And then there's off to work. Oh, my God. Yeah. <sighs> the night before the race, I slept badly. Well, what kind of work did he do? Well, did he do a physical kind of job? Or was he a coal miner? or eating the martinis for lunch. It can't be that physical. Mm. No. Oh, okay. say, he was working for a magazine. He must have been a, a, a reporter. Mm. And it did say he was in his mid-30s earlier. Oh, missed that. Anyway, the night before the race, I slept badly. I always do that. Just as I had years earlier whenever I faced an important tennis match. At the starting line, I looked around. There must have been 200 runners, most of them young and lean. Their ribs showed, their cheeks were hollow. But there were also a good many men in their 40s, 50s, and even 60s, and a scattering of women and children. And they're scattering, crikey. Mm. With luck... Oh, it's like... Huh? Like scattered, like... Um, like a landmine kind of a scattered them, or... Could be like a lolly scatter, lolly scramble. Oh, yeah. You know, put your hand in your bag and throw out women oh. and children. Yep. Okay, um, it, with luck I might not do badly. The town mayor was introduced, wished us well, and then fired the starting gun. I couldn't believe the pace. The front runners had turned the first corner almost before I had taken a dozen steps. But at least I was not in last place. I kept moving under a bridge and some railway lines, over over another bridge that spanned a stream and into a park. Although my legs were getting heavy, I pushed on. I looped through the park and started uphill, but now I was slowing down badly. Women and children had begun to pass me. How far into the race is he? Uh, well, I don't know. We're past the railway lines. Soon I was last. Ahead of me, the women and children moved steadily away. I was discouraged and mystified. Just why had I done so badly? I had tortured myself with all that training, and I was plainly not the fattest, uh, actually, I'm not, the clumsiest I'm runner not convinc- in the race. I'm not convinced that he did enough training. I don't think he did good training. He did two weeks. All right. Yeah. And it was solid two weeks, which meant that he actually overtrained when he should so have tapering. So at this point, he's, what, 35? Yeah. How old was he when he wrote the book? Because he's, he's obviously... I mean, he's written a whole it's, book on it. And, and from that later. point, well, he's learned a lot in 10 years. Yeah. So I went to the local library and hunted down some books on running. Or, what? What? or he hasn't learned a lot and this is a really shit book. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, let's just assume it's a good book, okay? Let's yeah, not write okay. this guy off yet. Good, okay. <laughs> Phew, because we're still in the forward. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even got to the introduction. You haven't mentioned that yet? So oh, yeah. he yeah. did the right thing. He went to the local li- library, hunted down some books on running. They didn't have Google then. Mm. Yep. Uh, a friend... Uh, oh, but he did have those things you could scan at the library, those microfish things. Oh, yeah. Microfish. Yeah. You remember those? Yeah, you had to, <laughs> you, you had to go and get the little files and put them in and... Put mm. him in the right spot. Yep. Anyway, uh, a friend lent me some copies of a magazine. I began to learn what training was. I also learned why, if you did it right, you would not only get faster and healthier, but in both the psychological and physiological senses, younger. I found myself thinking more and more about running. Not everyone likes I'm, it. I mean, you, I would, you, you wouldn't fully be able to reverse your physiological, like, you know, like, as in getting younger. You wouldn't actually be able to, like, reverse age. No, but you can slow it down a lot. Mm. Yeah. So I couldn't like, run and, my and, back into a childlike may, state. 
Well, I was listening to this, this podcast I, I have a, I, I have, by I have, a genetics professor of Harvard who was saying there is a degree of reversal that goes on. It's well, and, and actually when you think about it, like how many... Andrew's just eating over the microphone again. Uh, actually, when you think about it, like how many people say running north and end up curled up in the fetal position... That's a really good point (laughs) Yeah That's going up to you Terry And we've probably got pretty anal on our humour Which is kind of going back a few Phases Mm. in a Freudian sense Yeah anyway Um, I found myself thinking more and more about running Not everyone likes it We should interview Terry sometime Definitely Should we call him up now Maybe we can call him up well, we'll carry on with the book. Yeah, okay. Okay, not everyone likes it, but I did. I forced myself to lose weight in order to do better at it. And I began to run every day. All right, every day. I, I, I thought you already was running every day, like before work. Yeah, well, that was just in the last two weeks before the training. But now but now that he's learned about training, he's just running every day before work. We've come a long way since then. We know about recovery time now. Friends started to tell me I looked wonderful. No one had said that for a long time. Finally, two years after I'd taken my first running steps, I even managed to win a minor championship, the Connecticut 10,000 metre title. Crikey, in my age title, in my age category. So he went from being beaten by kids. At five miles to first at 10,000 metres for a 37-year-old. How much competition did he have? Well, that's a good point. Was it like... The twenty-four hour challenge when you won it. So was it was it was it sort of ten thousand meters? Did you say ten yeah, miles? Ten thousand meters. Yeah, well, I know. Have you seen ten thousand meter races these days? They don't get a lot of entries, do they? No, no. But mm. then Danny Bailey turns up. Who can compete with him? He'd be yeah. in the same category. Didn't, didn't Danny Bailey win with like no shoes? Probably. I think he did. Would have made him faster. Which was funny because at the same time, I remember reading a. The, the story came out up like Wellington Way, or well, north of here anyway, uh, where a kid had won some, or he's competing, or he'd won some championship, or he's in some championship, like athletics, but they said he couldn't run because he was doing it in no shoes. Huh. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and then you know, it was around about the same time, so he got disqualified, but Danny Bailey didn't get pulled up. No. And he got to keep his title. It's because I reckon it's going to be all that broken glass on the athletics track. Yep. Oh, well, anyway... Anyway, but what I found even more interesting were the changes that had begun to take place in my mind. I was calmer and less anxious. I could concentrate more easily and for longer periods. I felt more in control of my life. I was easily rattled. I was less easily rattled by unexpected frustrations. I had a sense of quiet power. And he has given up smoking. And he's given up smoking. And if at any time I felt this power slipping away, I could call it back by going out running. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, it's, I yeah. like that paragraph. Or was it one sentence? You should get that tattooed. Where? On my buttock. Oh, well, wherever you like, across your chest. Well, I don't know if it would fit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> carry on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Actually, should we run a tattoo clinic at the... You should do a tattoo store. Cable. Yeah. We could have a special Crush the Cable logo that we could tattoo. People could get... Yeah, or brandings. Yeah. We have had someone who's offered to come and do um, massages. Yeah. So maybe we could get someone to come and offer to do tattoos. Yeah, well, if there's any tattooists out there that um, 
want to be the official Crush the Kegel tattooist, um, yep. just yeah, um, give our um, give us a call. Yep, for a co-hire, of course. Yep. Um, anyway, every runner is familiar with these changes. Yep. Though they have been compared with those that occur in transcendental meditation, they are something more than that, perhaps because they are magnified by an unusual degree of physical fitness. I am steadfastly suspicious when it comes to out-of-the-ordinary psychological states, but even my most hard-headed sceptical self admits that running has produced some remarkable psychological benefits like LSD. Oh, oh no, he doesn't say that. Um, one might even say they have been spiritual. The wife of a running friend... Well, you're, well, probably, you're probably more likely to say that than me. Well, it's because they are spiritual. Well, can you say they're not spiritual just because you don't think they're spiritual? That's a bit like saying you're not running when you think you're running. All right, matter of perception, blah, blah, carry on. <laughs> One might even say they have been spiritual. The wife of a running friend of mine asked how her husband reconciled his Methodist convictions with the fact that... What is he, he convicted of? Is uh, that like... <laughs> <laughs> He's convicted of Methodism. Well, I know what the Catholics are getting convicted of. <laughs> Uh, yep, running in other taboos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if it's in the paper, if it's in the mainstream paper, I can I can say it. Absolutely, this is the thing. You know, um, I was talking to my students on Friday about you know talking about yeah, death is a taboo in our society. Why we all but die? Death notices are in the paper every week. Yeah. So why is that a taboo? What? People don't talk about it though. They don't like talking about it. Right. Because I was, I was telling them well, you're desensitized how to I it. remember hearing a story from this woman who'd grown up in the Highlands of Scotland and she remembered, I think it was her grandmother, grandmother telling her stories that when someone died, um, they couldn't bury the body straight away because the ground was too cold, too frozen. And so they had to stick the body kind of on a, put their, a, a pole up the, their shirt and stick it in the corner of a room. until like in the living room (laughs) well they kind of have one room and so 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 in the corner of the house and um, and leave it there until the um grounded thawed this did not happen (laughs) yeah you know it's true oh no why don't they just why why do they have the like obviously because inside the house is going to be warm yeah but it's they don't want the body to cold spot they don't want the body to be warm yeah, well, if the body warms up a little bit, it's going to help warm up the rest of the house. I don't and, know if it's the kind of warmth I want in my house. And, and mostly it was frozen anyway, so it didn't matter. So it's right. kind of like a bit of the fridge ready. Right, okay. Yep. Sure. I mean, so how long ago was fridges. this like... They didn't have fridges. Was so this recently? This has been about 100, 150 years ago. Oh, okay. So yep. not too recently. Oh, I thought you were going to say that's quite recent. <laughs> well, you know, in some places, in some, some remote parts of Scotland, they're probably still doing that. Well, could be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if there's any Scottish people out there listening, um, perhaps you could enlighten us. Yeah. Did yeah. the Welsh do that as well? Um, I don't know. We should ask James. Yeah. Oh, James and Mel, they've just done the um, Bob Graham round. Right, yeah, well, they might have come uh, across a few. I didn't check, but I think they hadn't done it in 24 hours, which was their biggest aim. Well, we could it looks ask... like they're going to do it in under 30, so well, that's pretty cool. I suppose we could ask if they tried to dig any corpses and uh, dig holes with corpses, and what were the soil conditions like? Well, it's summer there at the moment, so they can probably dig it okay. Yeah. So yeah. when you could dig it, I mean, when it's not frozen, you can dig it. It right. was just in winter. Now, would you, would you, uh, would you eat vegetables 
from a vegetable garden on top of a grave? Or would that be too much for you? Oh, that's a hard one. Because really, do we know that our vegetable garden isn't on top of a grave? Well, there could be dead things in my garden. Yeah, well, there probably are dead things in your garden. Yeah. I've seen your garden. Yeah. Well, there's rubbish in there. I dug up rubbish. Well, there you go. I mean, what would be worse, a decomposed body or decomposed lead roofing? Oh, ones if you were, say, going to... Um... Maybe go on, say, one of Anna Froth's um, trail running trips to Bhutan or wherever it is. Yep. And this quite remote, so you've got to fly in, the, in a plane or something, right? Yep. Ones if your planes sort of, like, crashed in the mountains, like, in Alive. Yep. And and uh, Braz is there, too. Anna's there. You're going to ask if I'm going to eat them. Who would you eat first? <laughs> <laughs> Out of Braz and Anna Frost, who would you... <laughs> I think I'll go for the vegetables from the decomposed soil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder who's got the better, better diet of the two. It's a very good question. It's probably yeah. worth checking. Because you are what you eat. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So if you ate Anna Frost or Braz, would that make you a better runner? I don't know. Well, if that was the case, who would you rather eat in general? I mean, Jared mm. Campbell? Jared Campbell? Mm, he'd be quite chewy, I'd imagine. Quite gamey. Well, you know what they say about eating pukekos, you just put them in a pot with an old boot, boil them for six hours, and then throw away the pukeko and eat the boot. All right, well, I think this is a topic I'm going to have to ponder for a while, so on with the book, you'd say. Okay, anyway, the wife of a local running friend of mine asked how her husband reconciled his Methodist convictions with the fact that in the United States nearly all races are held on Sundays. Oh, and Michael re- Jones is out of luck if you want to race, yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't he? <laughs> anyway, she replied, Tom used to be a Methodist, now he's a runner. Uh. I like that, I can probably say that one. Yep. Anyway, uh, the distinguished historian Johan Huitzinger. What was he distinguished for? Having a weird name. Anyway, author of Homo Ludens, A Study of the Play Element in Culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, has probably given as much thought to the meaning of recreation as anyone. Citing the fact that Plato equated play with ritual, Huitzinger wrote, The platonic identification of play and holiness does not defile the later by calling it play, rather it exalts the concept of play to the highest regions of the spirit. That's pretty awesome. Mm. I like that. Okay, he goes on I a bit. I think we but... should contemplate that one for a little bit. The fact that play becomes spiritual rather than calling, saying something is less serious because it's playful. It becomes more serious. It becomes holy. Oh, it depends what's important and blah, blah, blah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I first began to suspect that there was considerably more to running than met the casual eye. I wondered whether mine was so private of you that it had little application to anyone else. So I asked other runners about their experiences. It turns out that a great many other runners have had experiences much like my own. There is, in fact, an almost invariable pattern of development. Typically, a person begins running in search of fitness to lose weight and to look and feel better. After several months or years, he or she gradually begins to spend far more time running than the requirements of fitness alone would dictate. Finally, he or she realises that something in running has a uniquely salutary, salutary 
effect on the mm. mind. Right, okay. This aspect of running is what makes this book such an incongruous combination of elements. Whoever heard of a book that dealt with both transcendental meditation and blisters? <laughs> Yet running cannot be adequately or accurately described without giving equal attempt to the physical and the psychological. I don't think any of them should be described without giving... Mm, yeah. Because mind and body always go together. Do you get but the feeling... probably back in the 70s when he wrote this, mind and body weren't going do, together do, so much. Do, do you think that James goes on a bit here? About... I think he's going on. Well, he's going on a, a 70s kind of way because he's trying to justify why he's talking about both mind and body. Whereas now, like in medicine, we talk about mind and body as being intricately. Right. All right. So what? how old like, How old are we? He's what's he? Would you say he's, is he a baby boomer? He's a baby boomer, isn't he? He would have been, if he was, so he was 35, 1960s. No, he's before baby boomer, but he was in the 1940s to 60s. Oh, right, okay. So he was born before then. Well, he's yeah. lucky he wasn't a boomer then. Yep, true. The physical benefits and hazards of running have long been under scientific scrutiny, while the psychological effects are only in the earliest stages of exploration. Still, it would be misleading to slight running's physical benefits, for though th there are many of them, and they are closely related to the psychological. Good on them. No one ever writes a book about the negatives of running. Uh, Do they? No. Like, I know, have you ever come across a book that was like, don't run? No, but I know who to ask. There's a guy who I, I see at Zanzibar occasionally who keeps on telling me, if I'm still killing myself running. So maybe mm. I could ask him where his evidence comes from. Yeah. He reckons that we've only got so many heartbeats in our life, so oh, the more you speed up your heart... Oh, yes. Is this, <laughs> is this the, is this the um, guy we met that time at Park Run? Oh, no, he doesn't go to Park Run. No, 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 no. Remember that time the interesting guy? Could be. They hadn't slept and he'd been driving... He hadn't slept and he'd been driving from Zanzibar down George Street and he's chasing something. He's quite a manic kind of guy. Oh, no, 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 not him. No, 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 not him. No, he's not a manic kind of guy. He is actually manic. But, um, no, no, it's another guy. Yeah, anyway, right. it's just a guy. Um, so the plan of this book, therefore, is thus. Oh, this is, this is why we read the forward, to get the plan of the book. In part one, we will look at the ways in which running changes you physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. I'm looking well, forward to that, even if you only want three out of four. Well, socially, it's, it's probably a bit antisocial. Nah. Well, it depends how seriously you take it, if you take it seriously. Yeah, but you think about how many people you've met through running. Who would you not know if you didn't run? Yeah, well, how many people have you found to go on a, if you've had to go for a 20k training run in the middle of the night? How many friends have you made doing that? Yeah, but how many friends would you have? would you be talking to in the middle of the night anyway? Well, it depends where I was. You'd be drunk. You wouldn't know. Right. Well, I might be running and drunk too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so you're getting the best of both worlds. <laughs> right, carry on. I wonder if he includes that. <laughs> okay, so um, in part two... Oh, crikey, I thought part one pretty much covered it. But part two, we will examine the various theories oh, and great. techniques. Oh, I like, I like oh. theories. Theories and techniques. Not theories, theories. No, that's, that's what I said. 
theories and techniques of running to find out how to search for and find the beneficial changes and the improvement that all runners experience. In part three, we will look into the world of running, its mystique, and some of the odder aspects to see what awaits you. That'll be really interesting. It will be. So we, which part do you think hot yoga is going to come up in? Do you even know I mentioned yoga? Well, come on. Did you look at the index? Well, it's either one of the beneficial changes or one of the um, odder aspects. Mm-hmm. Makes it part two or part three. Oh, I'll get, well, I guess we're going to find out when we get to it. Okay, well, I'd better read this paragraph because that's the end of the foreword. Anyway, there is one final step, one necessarily beyond the compass of this book. That is the running itself. Oh, no, you have to run. Yeah, it is a big part of running. <laughs> <laughs> this, is up, this is up to you. You, no. can, you can call it jogging if you want. It's also up to you to decide, with the help probably of a coach, and perhaps a doctor who specialises in athletics, how long and how far you'll run. But re- oh, how far? I like far. But remember, especially at first, that long distance running requires training. Crikey. Researchers who have studied running's physical effects agree mm-hmm. that 15 or 20 minutes, uh, as few as three days a week, are enough to produce measurable benefits. See, there's, there's no need to run 160 k's a week. No. At first, this may seem like a lot, but it doesn't take much training to be able to do that much. Well, it doesn't, well not if you're only doing 15 minutes a week or whatever he just said. Yeah, I know. It's not much. But he says it's measurable. It doesn't mean it's, it's Well, how big is this measure? What's he measuring? Exactly. It could be a millimetre. Yep. It's a short run. Yeah. In fact, now you can measure things a lot shorter too. <laughs> <laughs> You get those little measuring calipers. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, many beginners find, as I did, that as they get stronger and fleeter, they want to run more just because it's fun. Many cover 8 to 10 miles a day and find the hour to hour and a half a stimulating interlude. But each of us is different, and each of us responds differently to running. You may feel just as refreshed after a mile as I do after ten. So listen carefully to your body for its own special complaints and exhortations. Run as much or as little as you want to. Whatever you decide, you should find yourself perfectly at home in this book. Most of its principles are as applicable to a run around the block as to a marathon. If you're someone that doesn't want to run at all, and it's like, you know... Oh, bugger off, I'm not going to go for a run. Yep. You're not going to get any sort of enjoyment or pleasure out of this book, are you? That's a good question. I'm just wondering, so, are, he... are, we, are we kind of limiting our, um, our, you know, reach a wee bit with this podcast by um, focusing on a book called The Complete Book of Running? Well, no, we're not focusing our entire podcast on, on the book. I mean, it's just that we had nothing else to talk about this week. Well, we could have talked more about the beer. Well, it's it's wet. It's wet. <laughs> it tastes it's, slightly sour. It's got yes, it's got an unusual taste to it, but With it's a, a good beer. With a pomegranate. Yeah. And, and it does have that slight pomegranate colour to I it. Mean, you and, notice that? Yeah, I mean, and, and we've, talked, we've talked about stuff. We talked about um, Glenn Sutton not wanting to be interviewed by us. And, and uh, um, I talked, did I mention jujitsu? Yep, yep. Yeah, we did do jujitsu. Um, great cross training, actually. Good for your core. Good for yep, your good core. Good for your core. Yep. And um, 
Which is for good our... for things other than running, I have to add. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah. I mean, I don't know what, especially, but, yeah. um, you know, maybe for some of our um, Canadian listeners or American listeners. If, Slovakian listeners. Well, you know, places where you've got beers, maybe you could oh, do, right. you could do ju- jujitsu on a beer when you're out for your trail run. If, you know, if a, a beer jumps out at you from behind yeah. a tree or... I wonder what they have in Slovakia. Do they have wolves? Mm. Well, it was, it was Czechoslovakia, wasn't it? Then, it's like, then they split yeah. into Czech yeah. Republic and Slovakia. Yeah. Um, I know, like, in, in my head, Slovakia sounds poor, like, like in the in the south of the tracks kind That's of way. because it doesn't have a Czech anymore. Right. It's terrible. <laughs> um, but what's Czechoslovakia famous for? Because if Czechoslovakia is famous, well, that's what Slovakia's got too, right? Seeing they were at Czechoslovakia. I was thinking of Yugoslavia. That's somewhere different, isn't it? Because that's split up as well. Oh, that split up into Croatia mm. and Serbia and, uh, and yeah. number one. Um, oh. Yeah, that was president. That was Tito. Yeah, uh, Yugoslavia was president. Tito? Famous for Tito. Wasn't there a Tito in the Jackson 5? Really? Yeah. Was it? Wasn't one of Michael's brothers Tito? No. I'm sure there was. <laughs> it would be really sad to be one of Michael's brothers. Like, Not as sad as it would like, be to be Michael like Jackson. One of Michael's brothers. Is what all you're going to be known for. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, true. Yeah, you're, you're, you know, your little brother, but you're the big brother, and you're just known as the brother of. Mm. Even though yeah. you're, you're bigger. Right. And you cool. did things before he did. So have you got some famous family member you're not telling me about because you, you know? Because uh, I don't want to be known just by him. Jason Gunn? Are you related to Jason Gunn? Not that I know of, but... Uh, <coughs> uh, no no famous relatives? No. Who is the most famous person you're related to? Catherine Howard. Who's she? She was one of uh, Henry VIII's wives. Really? Apparently, yeah. Mm. What happened to her? Uh, was it divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived? She, a choice between those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tough choice. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that's probably about all for this week. That probably is on that note. It's yeah. good that we've covered some um, European history, European geography, um, um, Bits of um, the importance of underwear, uh, Gurney Goo. Glenn Sutton's cowardice. <coughs> Not cowardice. Well, I don't know. It's what would you call it? Shyness. Shyness, and it, yeah. that's okay. You know, that's I, a... I can respect that. Well, you know, and hey, he's doing us proud, yeah. and he, yeah. And we wouldn't be able to drink this beer if it wasn't for his effort. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah, if you find Emerson's into the valley, look it up. It's only two point seven percent, so you can drink more and drive. Oops, I didn't say that. Um, uh, what else? That's probably it. Yeah. I think it's been a, a, a thoroughly enjoyable episode. Oh, yeah. So, see you later. Oh, Archie got his lipstick out again. Oh, no, he didn't. You just said that. No, I don't just say we'll get We'll get on film next time. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll start a vlog. <laughs> <laughs> just call it Archie's lipstick. <laughs> all right. All right. Cheers, okay. everyone. Cheers, everyone. Keep on crushing. Archie Mungle. Woo! Keep crushing! Archie! <laughs> Archie, you mongrel!